Chapter 9 of Taking the Bastille by Alexandre Dumas. Translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. To the Bastille. Once on the river edge, the two countrymen, spying arms, glitter on the Tuileries Bridge, in all probability not in friendly hands, lay down in the grass beneath the trees and held a council. The question was, as laid down by the elder, whether they ought to stay where they were, in comparative safety, or return into the action. He waited for Pitou's opinion. Pitou had grown in the farmer's estimation, from the learning he had shown down in the country and the bravery he showed this evening. Pitou instinctively felt this, but he was naturally so humble that he was only the more grateful to his friend. "'Master,' he said, it is clear that you are braver, and I less of a coward than was supposed by ourselves. Horace the poet, a very different character from you, flung down his weapons and took to his heels at the first conflict he was in. This proves that I am more courageous than Horace, with my musket, cartridge-box, and sword to show for it. My conclusion is that the bravest man in the world may be killed by a bullet. Ergo— as your design in quitting the farm was to come to Paris on an important errand? By all that is blue, the casket! You have hit it, and for nothing else? Then, if you are killed, the business will not come off. Quite so. When we shall have seen the doctor, we will return to politics as a sacred duty. Come on, then. "'To the college where is Sebastian Gilbert?' said Billet, rising. "'Let us go,' added Pitou, rising but reluctantly, so soft was the grass. Besides, good Pitou was sleepy. "'If anything happens to me, you must know what to say to Dr. Gilbert in my stead. But be mute.' Ange was not saying anything, for he was dozing. If I should be mortally wounded, you must go to the doctor and say, Bless me, the boy's asleep. Indeed, Pitou was snoring where he had sunk down again. After all, the college will be shut at this hour, thought Billet. We had better take a rest. Dawn appeared when they had slept three hours, but the day did not bring any change in the warlike aspect of Paris. Only there were no soldiers to be seen. The populace were everywhere. They were armed with quickly made pikes, guns of which most knew not the use, and old-time weapons of which the bearers admired the ornamentation. After the military had been withdrawn, they had pillaged the royal storage magazines. Toward the city hall a crowd rolled a couple of small cannon. At the cathedral and other places the general alarm was rung on the big bells. Out from between the flagstones, so to say, oozed the lowest of the low. Lesions of men and women, if human they were, pale, haggard, and ill-clad, who had been yelling, Bread! the night before, but howled for weapons! Now, nothing was more sinister than these spectres who had been stealing into the capital from all the country round during the last few months. 
they slipped silently through the bars and installed themselves in the town like ghouls in a cemetery on this day all france represented in the capital by these starvelings called out to the king make us free while howling to heaven feed us meanwhile Villet and his pupil were proceeding to the college on the way they saw the barricades growing up with even children lending a hand and the richest like the poorest contributing some object that would build the wall among the crowds Billet recognized one or two french guardsmen by their uniform who were drilling squads and teaching the use of firearms with the women and boys looking on the college was insurrection also the boys had driven out the masters and were attacking the gates to get out with threats which terrified the tearful principal who of you is sebastian gilbert demanded billet in his stentor's voice after regarding the intestine war i am he replied a boy of fifteen of almost girlish beauty who was helping three or four schoolfellows to bring up a ladder with which to scale the wall as they could not force the lock what do you want of me are you going to take him away asked the head teacher alarmed by the sight of two armed men one of whom the speaker was covered with blood the boy was also looking at them without recognizing his foster brother who had grown out of all reason since he left him and was farther disguised by the martial harness take away dr gilbert's son into that infernal rumpus said the yeoman expose him to some ugly blow oh dear no you see you mad fellow sebastian that your friends do not approve of your attempt said the principal for these gentlemen do appear to be your friends aid me gentlemen and ye my children obey me when i command and entreat keep my mates if you will replied young gilbert with a firmness marvellous at his age but i must go forth i am not in the position of these my father has been arrested and is imprisoned he is in the tyrant's power yes yes shouted the boys sebastian is right they have locked up his father and as the people are opening the prisons they must set his father free hey have they arrested dr gilbert roared the farmer shaking the gates death of my life little catherine was right yes they have taken away my father continued little gilbert and that is why i want to get a gun and fight till i deliver my father this plan was hailed by a hundred shrill voices yes give us weapons let us fight at this the mob outside the gates ran at them to give the scholars passage the principal threw himself on his knees to supplicate both parties crying friends friends spare tender youth spare them of course we will said an old soldier they will be just the chaps to form a cadet corps with but they are a sacred deposit entrusted to me by their parents continued the head teacher i owe my life to them so in heaven's name 
do not take away my lambs hooting from both sides of the wall killed his doleful entreaties billet stepped forward and interposed between the soldiers and the mob and the schoolboys the old gentleman is right he said the youngsters are a sacred trust let men go and fight and get knocked over that is their duty but children are the seed for the future a disapproving murmur was heard who grumbles demanded the farmer i am sure it is not a father now i am a father i have had two men killed in my arms this last night it is their blood on my breast see he showed the stains to the assemblage with a grand gesture electrifying all yesterday i was fighting at the palais royal and in the tuileries garden resumed the farmer and this lad fought by my side but then he has no father or mother and besides he is almost a man grown Petu looked proud i shall be fighting again to-day but i do not want anybody to say the parisians could not thrash the enemy until they brought the children to help them the man's right chorused the soldiers and women no children in the fighting keep them in oh thank you sir said the headmaster to Bellay, trying to shake hands with him through the bars and above all take good care of gilbert said the latter keep me in i tell you they shall not cried the boy livid with anger as he struggled in the grasp of the school servants let me go in and i undertake to quiet him the crowd divided and let the farmer and Pitou go into the schoolyard already three or four french guards and a dozen other soldiers instinctively stood sentry at the gates and prevented the young insurgents from bolting out billet went straight up to sebastian and taking his fine white hands in his large horny ones said sebastian do you not know farmer billet who farms your father's own land yes sir i know you now and this lad with me it must be ange Pitou. Pitou threw himself on the other's neck blubbering with joy if they have taken away your father i will bring him back i and the rest of us why not yesterday we had a turn-up with the austrians and we saw the flat of their backs in token of which here is a cartridge-box one of them has no farther use for added ange will we not liberate his father cried billet to the mob who shouted an assent but my father is in the bastille said sebastian shaking his head in melancholy none can take the bastille what were you going to do then had you got out i should have gone under the bastille walls and when my father was out walking on the ramparts where they tell me the prisoners come for an airing i should have shown myself to him
But if the sentinels shot you when they caught you making signs to a prisoner? I should have died under my father's eyes. Death of all the devils, you are a bad boy. To want to get killed under your father's eyes? To make him die of grief in his cell when he has nobody but you to live for? and one he loves so well. Plainly, you have no good heart, Sebastian. A bad heart, whimpered Petou as Belay repulsed the boy. While the boy was musing sadly, the farmer admired the noble face, white and pearly, the fiery eye, fine and ironical mouth, eagle nose and vigorous chin, revealing nobility of race and of spirit. You say your father has been put up in the Bastille. Why? he inquired. Because he is a friend of Washington and Lafayette, has fought with the sword for the independence of America, and with the pen for France, is known in the two worlds as a hater of tyranny, because he has cursed this Bastille where others are suffering. And now he is there himself. How long since? He was arrested the moment he landed at Haver. At least at the Bon, for he wrote me a letter from the port. Don't be cross, my boy, but let me have the points. I swear to deliver your father from the Bastille, or leave my bones at the foot of its walls. Sebastian saw that the former spoke from the bottom of his heart, and he replied, He had time at Libon to scribble these words in pencil in a book. Sebastian, I am taken to the Bastille. Patience, hope, and labor. 7th July, 1789. P.S. I am arrested for liberty's cause. I have a son at Louis the Great College, Paris, the finder of this book is begged to bear this note on to my son Sebastian Gilbert in the name of humanity. And the book? inquired Belay, breathless with emotion. He put a gold piece in the book, tied a string round it, and threw it out of the window. The parish priest found it and picked out a sturdy fellow among his flock, to whom he said, Leave twelve francs with your family who are without bread, while the other twelve go carry this book to Paris, to a poor boy whose father has been taken away from him because he loves the people too well. The young man got in yesterday at noon. He handed me the book, and thus I knew of the arrest. Good. This makes me friends with the priests again, exclaimed Belay. A pity they are not all built on this pattern. What about the peasant? He went back last evening, hoping to carry his family the five francs he had saved on the journey. How handsome of him, said Billet. Oh, the people are good for something, boy. Now, you know all. You promised if I told you to restore me my father. I said I should, or get killed. Now show me that book. The boy drew from his pocket 
a copy of Rousseau's social contract. Millet kissed where the doctor's hand had traced the appeal. Now, be calm, he said. I am going to fetch your father from the Bastille. Madman, said the principal, grasping his hands. How will you get at a prisoner of state? By taking the Bastille, replied the farmer. Some guardsmen laughed, and the merriment became general. Hold on, said Billet, casting his blazing glance around him. What is this bogey's castle, anyhow? Only stones, said a soldier. And iron, said another. And fire, concluded a third. Mind you do not burn your fingers, my hero. Yes, he'll get burnt, cried the crowd. What? roared the peasant. Have you got no pickaxes, you Parisians? that you are afraid of stone walls no bullets for you to shrink from steel no powder when they fire on you you must be cowards then dastards machines fit for slavery a thousand demons is there no man with a heart who will come with me and pitou to have a go at this bastille of the king I and Belay, farmer in the Ile-de-France section, and I am going to knock at that door. Come on! Belay had risen to the summit of sublime audacity. The inflamed and quivering multitude around him shouted, Down with the Bastille! Sebastian wished to cling to Belay, but he gently put him aside. Your father bade you hope, and have patience while you worked. Well, we are going to work, too. Only the other name for our work is slaying and destroying. The youth did not say a word, but hiding his face in his hands, he went off into spasms which compelled them to take him into the sick ward. On! To the Bastille! called out Belay. To the Bastille! echoed Pitou. To the Bastille, thundered three thousand persons, a cry which was to become that of the entire population of Paris. End of chapter 9 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia